Hello, welcome to some Derp's Talk About Games. I'm your co-host, Mango. And I'm your co-host, Buddy. And today we're going to talk a little bit about Mortal Kombat! But before <laughs> we do that, Buddy, why don't you the folks that we do on this podcast? On this podcast, we like to talk about games, and we've reviewed quite a lot of video game movies at this point. Uh, Mortal Kombat is just the latest in a long string of them. Mm. Uh, which came to HBO Max and also theaters. Did you watch it on HBO Max or in theaters? I did. Uh, the theaters near me don't open for another couple of weeks at least. Um, ah, fair enough. Okay. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, I don't know if, if I've talked about this much in the cast, but I am a big fan of the original Mortal Kombat um, in that in a so bad it's good kind of way. I have watched that movie probably more times than any other movie save the Star Wars original trilogy. Did we watch that movie? I watched it in college what once. I watched it in college we, many times. I don't, honestly don't remember watching it, to be completely real. Yeah, so I, it, It's one of those things that, like, I know it happened, but I don't have any memory of, yeah. of like, what so, that was actually so like. The first time I watched it in college, I was sitting around with friend of the cash, Charles, and it was intercession. We were like... What's a good movie to, oh, to watch? To, I love yeah. to, to, to watch a movie to, to drink to, right? Because it's like, you know, young, wild, whatever. And so it was like, Mortal Kombat, is that stupid enough to drink to? And you and you hit play, and the New Light Cinema logo appears as the Mortal Kombat theme. So it's like, oh, yeah, this is definitely it. And it's been a, a, a long and storied tradition for the, me and Charles just watching Get Plastered while, while watching it. So, you know, this Fair movie... Enough. This movie had a lot to, to live up to. Um, <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, but I've also watched Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Don't like it as much just because it is so bad that, like, it, it's, like, it, it, it goes back out of, like, so bad it's good into, like, too bad to, like, even be fun. Um, yeah. But it still has a little bit of that. But uh, uh, before we get into the spoiler territory, I guess, what are your impressions of, uh, of Mortal Kombat 2021? It's bad, and I want to say it's like bad in a recommendable way. I, I tweeted that it was bad, and then I tweeted, "Wait, no, this is good," which was actually a joke, but I don't think people took it as a joke because the final fight is good, and that's it. The the like the and honestly, only a percentage of it. Right? Like, without any spoilers, there is a five-ish minute stretch at the very end of the movie that is legitimately super cool and interesting. That pays off something that you know pops up in the beginning of the movie that is sweet, and that 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 moment is good. The okay. rest of it is awful. It's yeah. just like so unwatchably awful. From <laughs> I can't recommend it. I don't think. Yeah, from, from my perspective, it is more normal bad than it is so bad. It's good. There are some moments. Yeah. And uh, it did a lot better than I expected it to. I expected it to just be like agonizingly mediocre, um, but there are some moments like I think Kano is fantastic. Um, I'll leave it there, um, but uh, I don't think he's enough to hold up the whole movie. Um, I think the acting is kind of god awful everywhere, which is you know kind of surprising. Um, uh, and yeah, I think I'm, I think I think I'm with you. Like I think I think if you were like me, a fan of the original Mortal Kombat, then you could get something out of watching this. Um, but. Uh, other than that, I don't think I can recommend it. Although I do hope it gets a sequel, because uh, uh, we'll talk about it in the spoiler section. But there's there's some hints about the uh, 
I suppose. Uh, uh, front of the cast. Nick. I hope it gets a sequel from like a completely different team. Can I, can I get a sequel from just like a better director and like better actors? You know what I mean? Like that uh, would make me happy. <laughs> Nick asks if uh, if you're a fan of the game. Um, if it's worth watching, there's some cool Easter eggs, I think, and they kind of, they, they do a lot, um, but there's some other stuff that I think is kind of, like, wonky, like, uh, I uh well, we'll get into it in the spoiler section, but as a fan of the games, it is fairly true to the lore, especially some of the newer lore, like, like, so, part of the thing is, is that Mortal Kombat, the Mortal Kombat video game story is very dumb, but it's evolved significantly over the past 15 I guess it's more like you mean 30 20 years. years. Yeah, it was yeah. the 90s when this came yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. The past like 20 to 30 years. Are, are you super familiar with it? I have, I've played a lot of the Mortal Kombat games and I vaguely, really the only thing I knew about the lore is there was a tournament, I guess. Several and, of them. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, several. It, it, that it surrounds a tournament, right? Yeah. Like, like the, the, the core plot, you know, device of Mortal Kombat is it's a tournament. Um yeah, I, did, I really don't know any of the other lore besides that. So oh, and I, that Sub Zero and Scorpion fucking hate each other. I knew that yeah. too. So I knew some of it mostly because uh, I was inspired to go look it up when the Super Best Friends did, uh, like, like they did one of their short videos on Mortal Kombat 11, which is where it gets really fucking insane because that's when they reset the timeline. Raiden sends everybody back in time to before the first Mortal Kombat tournament to try and like screw with history. And so the, the plot is effectively reset as of MK9 or MKX, um, but, like, canonically reset, right? Like, there's, like, some things that, like, echo back and forth between the timelines. Yeah. Yeah, it's, okay. it's weird. Um, that is a little weird, for sure. But, like, uh, so I don't think this is too spoilery because it's in, like, the, the first look of Mortal Kombat. But, like, um, uh, Sub-Zero's real name being Bihan, I believe, is a post – or is it, it's, it's definitely a post-original Mortal Kombat plot development – um, and like, like, and, uh, I think it's a post reset, like reveal, right? Like, you know, theoretically his name was always that, but it's not a thing we knew. Um, so it's fairly, yeah, I, I don't know. Like if you're a fan of the games, um, yeah, yeah. So, so this is some other deep lore that, that Nick's bringing up. So there are two Sub-Zeros. One is the younger brother of the first one. The first one, one dies, I believe in the original Mortal Kombat and comes back as Noob Saibot. Um, which is itself like Noob Saibot it appears in Mortal Kombat 2, but it's not revealed that he's the original Sub Zero until later. Um, I think it's technically a retcon. Um, and then, uh, like they hate each other because like Scorpion in the games has always been undead, and he was always originally killed by the original Sub Zero. And then Sub Zero, and then in the first game, Scorpion kills Sub Zero, and then his little brother is mad at him for killing his brother, and they're from a clan. Of the the Lin Kuei, which you know they, they they go into. There's a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of weirdness in the Mortal Kombat lore, like um, like Quan Chi has like a soul NATO, and like might be trying like it's 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 all very it's all very strange. And uh, well, you know, I guess we could talk about the details in the spoiler section. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, for now, this is one of the first movies I feel like that we both just flat don't recommend. A lot of the time, I, I give very cautious recommendations. Like, I say, like, oh, well, if such and such. But, like, there are just really no circumstances that I would be comfortable saying, like, watch this movie. This is a good use of two hours. Like, yeah. I just don't feel like it is. Yeah. Yeah. No, I uh, I, I, I almost want to <laughs> recommend it just to, like, watch, like, like 
the Kano because I think I think he's legitimately like cheesy enough to like to, like he's like the core of kind of like that you know so bad it's good level of stuff right because he's just okay. like, I like he, he reminds me of like um uh a bison in uh in um in Street Fighter in the Street Fighter movie um but uh yeah I, we should probably move into the spoiler territory now spoilers for Mortal Kombat spoilers for probably MK ninety nine or I think it was ninety five and Annihilation uh. You know, spoilers for Mortal Kombat game lore. Sorry if you got spoiled by the reset thing. That game's like 10 years old at this point. Um, what else are we probably going to spoil? I don't know. Spoilers in general. Spoil- spoilers for all this shit. Yeah. yeah so, uh, really, I think the opening scene is good in a very straightforward... It's kind of like Magneto in those X-Men movies. It's not hard to make good opening scenes because you don't have a lot going on. You know, you don't have, like, big plot momentum or anything to worry about. You can just kind of make, like, these, like... And it's, like, a little vignette that's, like, completely removed from the rest of this... from the rest of the story. So that stuff was good. Also, no one is speaking English. Also, no one is speaking English. Also, it's, like, very sincere and and almost, like, like heartfelt. Like, it really wants you to, like take it seriously which i was like okay well you know the the first movie is pretty like me me or whatever and so i appreciate that they're trying to pull on your heartstrings make a make a real cogent emotional argument here to to connect with you know the the character whatever his name's hanzo hasada or whatever hanzo sashi who is the the birth name of scorpion scorpion yeah. yeah and then uh and then it gets so bad and dumb from there that it makes me almost like angry um <laughs> because there's no tournament this is the thing that yeah. kills me man like what on earth are they thinking having a movie where the core premise is there is a tournament between these two realms and then there's no fucking tournament yeah like the whole movie seems like it's building to this like climactic tournament where you're gonna have different people like pair off but instead they do that sort of in the middle and it's just like, wait, so I guess that we're, they're, we're just fighting now? They're fighting? I, okay, that's fine, I guess, or whatever. And then it just, like, ends. And then, you know, Scorpion shows up and they and fights Sub-Zero, which is legitimately cool. And again, pays off the earnest, you know, well-set-up drama from the first seven minutes. And then he disappears. Actually, the, the Scorpion fight is good when it is just Scorpion versus Sub-Zero. Then the other guy comes in, like, Scorpion's, you know... Descendant. Yeah, he shows up and they like team up against Sub Zero, at which point I think it sucks. And most of the action in this movie sucks, like really bad. Yeah, no. Uh, some of the fatalities themselves are cool in a like oh, brutal moment, but the action oh. itself is filmed in oh. incredibly poorly. Also in the that's from the game type moment, right? Like yeah. um like uh like the like the 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 uh Quan Lao, the the buzzsaw hat finisher is from the game. Um yeah. the heart out yeah. is obviously some something from the game. Um Yeah. I don't know. What about what about his soul suck? Is that from the game? I don't even yeah, know. Your soul, your, well, your soul is mine. Is, uh, Shang Sun. Shang Sun yeah. is one of the characters that did not trend like they got the original Shang Sun to to voice act Shang Sun in the latest Mortal Kombat, and they should have just gotten him back for this movie, because he's like he's another like very hammy character from the first. Movie. Your soul is mine. It's just so iconic from him, um, uh, and like um, what is it? And, and the the dragon that um, uh, 
I'm sorry, I'm not. I'm not a. Oh, Liu Kang. Yeah, Liu yeah, yeah, Kang, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's Fire Dragon. That's Liu also Kang. from the game. Yeah, yeah. yeah Nick in the in the chat says it's so weird that the combat is bad because these are these are all great action actors. I I absolutely agree. I think it's all on the camera. They're it's they're edited insanely poorly, and I'm just like, how are I I I get the sense that um, it's almost like they didn't shoot enough to like have good things to cut kind of like two in between because I was just felt I, w I felt constantly disoriented and I don't actually think the the choreography was all that bad right like the the fights themselves were pretty whatever I mean like some of them were pretty boring like Jax versus the the other big guy who was just like you know if you want to have like two heavy strong boys fight each other them just like punching on that bridge was like so insanely lame and stupid um but so for instance the action with sonia and kano in her like trailer like i get on on paper that's actually you know it's geography that we're we're well aware of they are well established in terms of their fighting styles because we've seen them in previous action scenes but like because of maybe just like shooting in that space was hard i just could not for the life of me like follow the action well because of the way the the shots were shot and it was edited most of the time um i think it's breaking like the 180 degree rule all the time which is part of like part of the problem i don't know i just really hated the action in this movie up until the the stuff with scorpion and sub-zero I, I i would tend to agree i like so i i could tell from that or something from the beginning that, that stuck out at me is like they were Focused on making the fights very bloody. That, that's a very Mortal Kombat, like, versus Street Fighter thing, right? Like, Mortal Kombat is, was, was shocking in the 90s as a game because it was bloody. And, you know, don't let your kids play this game or it'll turn them into school shooters or something, right? Like, it's, like, one of, the, one of those games, right? Like, it's one of the foundational games in that kind of, like, moment in, uh, in video game history. Um, uh, but, uh, and, but, and so, that, like, calling back, that's neat, neat. But I think that they – it feels like they wanted to focus on that maybe a little too much. Maybe I'm reading too much into that. But, like, it seems like like highlighting the, the, the goriness came at the expense of making it compelling. Um, yeah. I also think that a lot of the locations were not great. Um, like, that sand pit in that temple, it was just like, what an intensely boring place to stage a fight scene, right? Um, though, you know – I guess I guess I, I, th that's half true, half half not true. I also didn't really like the frozen MMA arena at the end, which I thought was kind of weird and and, and lame. I think Sub Zero was actually handled very well in the movie from a narrative perspective, um, but uh, I don't know. It's not even like him freezing. It's not like there were any issues with the fact that Sub Zero had frozen this place and it was like he's fighting on his home turf or something like that. But, you know, I don't know. I just yeah. felt like the, the, the thing that made the Scorpion and um, and Sub-Zero fights, both the one at the beginning and the end that work really well, is that they just, they, it was very zoomed out, and there was just, like, a lot of room to take in what was going on, right? Like, first you have Scorpion kind of fighting the mooks with the kunai on the, on the rope. That stuff was all great. Um, then you had just him versus Sub-Zero, which was a little bit worse, because they, they get close in places where I... I didn't I didn't think that that was good and then uh and then the end was just you know it was just like them fucking fighting I don't, I don't even know how to I don't, how to explain it but like Koro versus um uh Cole Young who who is the who is the OC that gets made for for this movie um like that that fight was just 
I don't know. I I I just did not think it was. I did not think it was very good. <laughs> yeah. No. I I would agree. Like, um, and like I just don't think it. I don't know. I just it did like what I what I would have wanted. Like like the, I think the the comparison because you drew this comparison also uh, to like the Avengers, right? Like, um, I think you want the Sub Zero, Scorpion Cole fight to be like Cap and Bucky versus Iron Man, and it's not right. Like it's just kind of like whatever. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, there, there's also a lot of like little weird things in here, right? Like, I, I thought the opening was fun, but or I pretty good, but like it's just kind of tough to follow. Like you know. One of them speaking Chinese, one of them speaking Japanese, and they have to, like, flag that in the subtitles. I just don't think that that works well. Also, like, I half expected, like, Cole to, like, look at Hanzo as he's talking and be like, I don't speak Japanese. Because, like, there's no indication that he does, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. I actually thought that he was going to end up fighting Scorpion, to be honest. Uh, my, my expectation for, like, the big twist was that because Scorpion is just a, you know, a vengeful spirit from hell or whatever, that... Cole was going to have to like Cole you help Cole and Scorpion work together to de defeat Sub Zero, but then Cole needs to one v one Scorpion. Now it's going to be like the big twist, but that was not that did not end up being the big twist. Yeah, um, I think part of it is that like the, a lot of these are framed as superhero fights, which I think is probably incorrect. Really, I think this should be more like a kung fu sort of movie like a like a like a true kind of martial arts sort of movie rather than a movie that is like focusing on the superpowers because even in the games themselves right like the you know like the the powers are what make the different fighters unique obviously um and they're a pretty like core piece of the characters but like i the the it, it was smart of them in that sub-zero fight for sub-zero to make an ice blade and just kind of go blade for blade against Scorpion, right? Where it wasn't all that much about his ability to, like, create ice stuff. Versus his fight with Jax, which also sucked. Which was a lot about his, like, ability to, like, create ice stuff. Because at the end of the day, I don't really think the Mortal Kombat guys are superheroes. And I don't think... Like, the the, the powers themselves are sort of, like, flavors to be added, in a, in a, in a sense. Um rather than like the core defining feature of each individual uh yeah no of each individual fight scene I, I think you could have like made it all like i don't, I don't think like a a pure martial arts is the right frame i think it's something more like wuja right like yeah, yeah like yeah, for sure for like sure. like almost like almost watchman right which is i i think the the right kind of like action tone for it if that makes sense um i also like kind of in that vein i didn't like the this, and this is a plot point, the, the like, you know, the Mortal Kombat mark being, like, the thing that unlocks your powers, right? Like, Oh, my God, that's so dumb, and yeah. I hate it so much. <laughs> I mean, I, I hate this in a general sense. Like, it, I don't like Chosen One stuff. I think Chosen One stuff is pretty played out um, in, in, like, a grander sense. This is, this is a pretty common, you know, thought, but, like, how, you know, in the Spider-Man movies before the Tom Holland Spider-Man, it was because, like, he was special he had special dna that his dad did whatever to it's like no like i you, the the stuff that makes uh it's just it just feels like lazy i guess is 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 what it feels like it also adds weird plot elements that are pretty stupid in like why is sonya blade hanging out for the entirety of the movie and it's like we all know oh it's because she's gonna beat up fucking kano at the end and steal his thing but it's just like it makes no sense for her for raiden to bring her into the temple it makes no sense for her to be you know i mean yeah um, and, and to be fair included along along all of this other you know and stuff. it makes no sense for the for you know 
for Kano's power to be like an eye laser. Like, what does that even mean, right? Like, you know, yeah. like it makes no sense for like Jax's power to be like his arms. Like, yeah, he regrows his arms. Just have it be the fuck the cybernetics thing. Yeah. Like, well, it's Kano's. I, I don't cyber- know why that it has. It has to be more complicated than that. Yeah, no, no, but like, pick, like picking Kano and Jax, who are like you know science characters is, in Mortal Kombat, is, like for the movie, just like doesn't make a lot of sense, right? Like, yeah, um, uh, it's and you know it's like Sony doesn't really have any special. Neither does Johnny Cage, but Johnny Cage isn't in this movie. Uh, but he was teased at the end. Like, it looks like he's gonna like if they make him jo- jo- like I want a sequel because it looks like they're gonna cast John Cena as Johnny Cage, and that would make me so fucking happy. Um, that would also make me happy, I think. Um, I mean, how, why, why, why do you want Johnny Cage so bad? Um, I, Just I, because he's the, you know, he's the main character? Like, he's the so I, I don't necessarily want him so bad. I just think John Cena as Johnny Cage would be hilarious. Okay. Um, I guess maybe he's not the main character. Luke Kang is kind of the main yeah, character. Yeah, so, so this was, I think, a mis- Luke Kang is like the Luke Skywalker, whereas Johnny Cage is like Han Solo, I guess, maybe is what I'm yeah. describing. I think this is actually a big misstep in the first movie, which, you know, like I said, it's so trash that it's fun, but like... Like, um, they make Johnny Cage the main character, and then Luke Kang goes back and forth between, like, being, like, the serious, like, the straight man and, like, a jokey character, which I think doesn't work well. Um, again, who cares, because it's bad, but, like, uh, mm-hmm. but, like, Luke, but that's the point, right? Like, Luke Kang is supposed to be the main character, and Johnny Cage is supposed to be, is supposed to be the Lancer, right? Like, he's supposed to be, like, the, 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 the wisecracker, um. Uh, which in this movie was was ha- was picked up by Kano for most of the movie, and like like I said in the beginning, I think it's fantastic. I think he's like he's hammy enough that it's actually hilarious. He was like by far my favorite part of the movie. Um, I think he generally kind of you know, stole the show. I've been watching Futurama recently, and he really reminded me of Bender, which I thought was great because I think Bender is a yeah. very hard character to get right, who is like the jerk ass, but also like not so jerky that you have this question of like why are they hanging out with this person that was like adequately answered by by the movie i think the real person that that suffered from this was sonia because it was just like why the fuck is she there and yeah. she doesn't have the mark um and yeah. just keeps getting like dragged to, you know dragged to each set point because we know in the end she's going to be you know she's sonia blade she has to you know, she has to be there. It also felt weird that she didn't get her mark from, uh, uh, killing, like, can you not get the mark from killing the people from, what is it, Outworld, Otherworld? What is it yeah, called? I mean, none of them were shown to have marks in the first place, right? Like, Cabal is evidently from Earthrealm. Yeah, Cabal Earth. is from Earthrealm. Also sounds like a, like, he sounds like, like, like Lou Albano. Like, he sounds like Mario from, like, the Mario, the old Mario movie, which I thought was <laughs> hilarious. Um... I just I don't know I hated that I thought that was yeah. I thought that was very dumb Kano had which is weird to say the guy who betrays the team has more right to be there on the team than, than yeah. Sonya Blade did but yeah I was I was hoping Kano would get like a you know I may be a scumbag but I'm an Earthrealmer right like type of deal but you know no we he died he died to like a like like that was like a very kind of like uh, Chekhov's gun type of thing with the garden oh my guess but it's also very lame right she kind of like pokes yep. him in the eye and he dies and he pokes him in like the laser eye too right like. Which apparently works like like, apparently like it's shorted out by acetone. I guess like like this like it, it I, I'm it, sorry. The the thing uh, the acetone thing confused me so much. I think I would have liked that fight scene if maybe it was more like legible what was gonna yeah. happen. Like so for instance when someone like there's there's like the, the action movie linguistics of 
there's oil on a road and there's a spark nearby, right? You know, because you understand the intrinsic properties of a flammable object and flame, that the thing is going to burst into flames. But, like, I don't know the... What is the fuck is acetone? What interaction is acetone going to have with his super magic eye? I have no way to understand what Sonya is doing in that moment. And so it, like, shorts his eye out and he can't use... Like, he can't use his eye for a second. And I was just like, how the fuck... First of all, how did Sonya know this? Second of all, how am I supposed to read that that is what Sonya is doing? Right, and they could have had it just, like, kind of, like... Explode like you know, like light on fire, right? Because like that would have been like, yeah. you know, bottle of chemical lighting on fire. I think is legible enough, right? Like, yeah. Not to mention that Kano's iconic look is he's bald, right? It's that he is bald and he has the one he's eye. He's not bald. Or am I wrong about that? You're, I think pretty sure you're wrong about that. Okay, fair enough. I might be substituting Kano for like some other bald character with what I guess. <laughs> oh, but it, but it's his cybernetic eye, right? Like it, it's he's like yeah. it's covered in metal, and it's like a it's like it's like um. Like half of Cyclops, it's like Cyclops, but like he has his other eye. Um, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah. Uh, uh, oof, Nick has linked an image. Let me see if. Okay, yeah, he actually does. Uh, he does have hair. There, so yeah. I am wrong about that one. Yeah, but like, there's a bunch of little things like this that like kind of like annoy me. Like, um, like, like I am near positive. You know, like that. Um, when they're escaping, like Kung Lao's hat just kind of, like, jumps to them for no reason. I think it's entirely because they fit, like, my guess is that they filmed the scene where, like, Liu Kang was, like, mourning over the hat and they didn't have a good reason why it, like, like, there's no reason it should, like, leap off the ground, like, into the portal with them. It doesn't make any sense. Like, it's just, like, you know, it's some, like, this is, like, the, the nitpicky bullshit stuff, but there's, like, so much of it, right? Like, there's, there's, there's so much, like, little dumb stuff. And I, I wasn't expecting anything great, but, like, you know, I mean, it keeps it from being a good movie, but it's also, like... I wonder if I tried to quantify like what makes like like it, it's just like so like generically bad and not like 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 hamily bad to be like fun. I don't know. I don't know. I wish I wish it was worse. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I I watched a YouTube video recently from. Have you seen this video? It's the Dan Olson like just. I called it a snuff film on Twitter. It's such a brutal takedown of Doug Walker's The Wall, and he likens Doug's like incurious confidence as the thing that makes Doug Walker in this instance the Neil Breen or Tommy Wiseau of YouTube, right? That he has these intensely basic and uninteresting opinions that he states with such effort and confidence that it becomes like a, a, a spectacle in and of itself, right? Which I think is actually a pretty okay recipe when when we are like when we're diagnosing what makes the Neil Breens or the Tommy Wiseaus of the world so compelling, right? Neil Breen thinks that he is making incredibly affecting cinema about these heart wrenching, you know, good and evil stories, right? But we all recognize and we and we can see the difference, right? We can we can see the distinction between the thing it wants to be and the thing it is, right? Or like Tommy Wiseau thinks he's making an Oscar-worthy film here. And he's, and he's, he's, it is a very serious work of art to him that is telling a serious story about like a man betrayed to him, but to the rest of us, we just can't get past 
how poorly you know, like how poorly made the product is this i don't think has those kinds of aspirations really so like without that there's so there's no juxtaposition do you sure. know what i mean yeah but i i also feel like the original mortal Kombat didn't have a ton of those aspirations either but it, it's still like and maybe that's just because like it's it's more hammy like like the, the hamminess makes up for it right like like there's like a like you can get that by that earnestness with like chewing the scenery maybe yeah maybe um i don't know also like part of me wants to wonder if like like whether the logic's based kind of like in the plot world or in like kind of like like if a character behaves illogically that's kind of funny but like if the world just doesn't make sense it's kind of distracting maybe I don't yeah know. and it's also not like there's comedy in the moment to moment you know, like sometimes you can get these, the, like this con, this comedy inadvertently by making a, you know, like let's say, um, you know, like something that's funny in comedy is like it's like quick and dramatic reversals, right? right? Where you know someone states something and then they state the obvious thing so quickly that you get that kind of like that comedic whiplash right you know like a futurama version of this gro of, of this joke might be professor farnsworth talking about how dangerous this mission and then saying good news your new your next mission is to do the exact same thing right the the comedy there is that is that reversal is switching from this is dangerous and got my last crew killed to you're you're going to go yeah. do this exact same thing, right? And I think you can sometimes with these so bad they're good movies find that comedy just on the poor writing alone, you know, like where like the huge leaps in logic happen instantaneously, and you're just like, what? Where the? Where did that come from? You know? Uh, but like Mortal Kombat doesn't have any of that stuff. On paper, I actually think that it does have a pretty legible, you know, like. It's not good, and I, in fact, I would argue it's pretty bad structure, but it is still, like, real structure, right? Um, and doesn't do any of these, like, insane leaps from point A to point B that might otherwise be comedic. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that's fair. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, hmm. What 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 else is is happening in this movie? Because like, I don't know. Something that bothered me a lot is just like how how bad all of the all of the acting was. Like it was it was like like I said, except for maybe Kano, and like Kano's not even good. He's just tr like not stilted, right? Like, um, yeah. I think a lot of it is exposition. There's so much exposition to learn, mm. and it and it's practically meaningless. Right, like who really cares about Outland or going there or the way that it works or whatever? Just because, like, I, I this is this is part of my thing about like the tournament not taking place. If the climax of this movie is a tournament, right, or maybe the back half of the movie, it doesn't necessarily have to be the climax of the of the of the movie. Is this tournament in the same way that, like, honestly, like there are so many good examples of movies that make tournaments work or you could just do a tournament arc out of a shonen anime and it would be perfectly reasonable and fine in movie form i think right like i mean probably the most famous martial arts movie of all time enter the dragon is based on you know a martial arts tournament taking place obviously um so i feel like 
part of the issue is uh, that there's so much exposition, exposition directing in this, like, like pushing towards this direction that is, like, completely meaningless. Um, I mean, just, like, how many minutes of this movie are wasted by, like, Sonya Blade telling me about the birthmark that means that you're a fighter for Earthrealm, but then the birthmark transfers... It's not even really a birthmark, it's just this marking that transfers from one person to the next... And also Outland is there, and also Outland is killing Earthrealm's champions. It's just like, I if you just went with something more simple and straightforward, would that really have killed you, Mortal Kombat movie? Did we really need all of this extra like lore? That or like, so what I thought they were trying to do, and it, you know they didn't spend the extra two minutes to fucking explain this, is that like the thing that Raiden does at the end where he pairs them off. I thought like the what that was supposed to be was like, oh, he's like forcing the tournament to happen, right? By like. Yeah. And, like, if they just made it that, right? Like, and because, like, you know, none of the bad guys act confused when Raiden, like, you know, lightning bolts them into a fight, right? Like, they're like, okay, this is happening, right? And they don't, like, object, right? Like, that would make sense if, if Raiden was like, look, we've, you know, the tournament's going to happen. Um, and I have, you know, as an Elder God, I have the right to make this happen. And so it's going to happen and go, right? Like, you know, at least, like, spend, like, like the 15 seconds to explain that. And I think it makes, like, the that aspect of it flow a little bit better. But just kind of, like out there and i think the reason they they didn't do that maybe is because like none of it like none of the rest of it like acts like a tournament right like you know uh sonia comes in and like sonia comes in and like uh helps finish off um katara i think it is um uh like once once she gets her powers because they needed to show a scene where she had her powers you know like because you know that's like the last time i Maybe it's not the last time we see her, but it's the last time, like, she does anything useful. Is like, she, like, shoots Katara with her, like, wrist beams or something. Um, it, the back half maybe just felt, like, felt a lot rushed. I don't know. And I just feel like all they had to do was just say, okay, the tournament starts here. And, and all of those fights happening under the guise of a tournament would have just solved so many dumb issues. Right. Like, Shang, like, like, let's assume Shang Tzu shows up, or whatever, Shang Liu shows up. Shang Tsung. And is like, I'm gonna fight your guys. And then Raiden is like, oh no, he's forcing the tournament to take place. Your time to train is over. You know, your 15 seconds of training is over. You're gonna have to, like, do it in the moment. You got the stakes, you got the drama there, right? And now you're having these fights, and you can watch, like, a tournament structure play out a little bit, right? Like, maybe Jax wins his first match by the skin of his teeth or whatever and then he's like his arms pop into place or something and he fights in the next one but then sub-zero kicks his ass because sub-zero is so fucking awesome and you know kicks the shit out of right and it's like the like the real dragon in in this in this instance um and then you know scorpion shows up at the last second to fight for Earth, Earth Realm, but not even really for Earth Realm, just because he really wants to like fuck up, you know, Sub Zero. Like, I think you just I, I, so much of this movie is just solved by not doing this Avengers shit and doing a tournament. Yeah, no, I, I, I think I, I think I agree with you. Um, man, like, it, it feels weird that that movie took two hours to to go through, and it feels like there's like so little of substance actually in it. Right, yeah. like, there's a lot of fights that are very short and uninteresting. Like, uh, I mean, like the Jax one that I talked about, like Jax versus uh, what's his face. I think part of it is that like 
those fights probably needed more time to breathe, but they were, like, broken into a number of different pieces over the course of, uh... Like, I, I don't know how, how interesting or good Jax versus Sub-Zero in the first half is and whether that earns its spot. And I almost sort of rather, you know, like, moments like that were pulled out. I also really hated Goro versus Cole Young. I thought that was super lame. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the, whole, the only point of that fight was to, was to like, force Cole into, you know, in the most obvious thing ever, right? Like, you know, yeah. defending his family. His whole thing with the family is so dumb. I hate these stories. It's my same complaint in Godzilla, where it's just like, it just feels cheap and unearned. And like, it's like, oh, the presence of the of a little daughter is going to make him likable or relatable. It's just like, don't, I don't need that. Just tell me that this guy, you know what I mean? Like, John Wick does not need... Uh, you know, does not need, like, a, a daughter that he's protecting. All he needs is just, like, a little tiny inciting incident, a little emotionality, and it's his fucking dog, right? And and I'm good. I'm on his side. I am not a hard... I'm not... It's not hard to win me over and show me that the good guys are good, right? But it's just, like... I don't know. At, at, at the end of it, this the exact same thing happens, where Sub-Zero is, like, freezing his daughter, and now Cole Young is, like stopping the fight against Sub-Zero to, like, punch his daughter out of this the is ice. This like, punching... is so fucking stupid. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, it's like... Because it, it's not like they put any, like, like stakes on it either. It's not like, you know, he feels... Like, it's not like they indicate that he needs to punch him out now, right? Like, and he doesn't even do that, right? Like, at the end, Scorpion, yeah. like, fireballs him out of it, right? Like, he... <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah, I mean, Nick in the chat says that Doug is 100 times better than any family for motivation. I know! And it's so much less. So much less time. How much screen time does that dog have, right, compared to the amount of screen time and, like, plot mechanics that are dedicated to Cole's incredibly rote family that are, Yeah, I was like, gonna say, like, oh. it, can, it can work. You just, it just needs, you don't need as much as they, they give it, right? Like, yeah. um, that are, like, maybe give it more, like, make them more, like compelling somehow right like i don't know i thought they were like two of the best actors in the film which is kind of sad but um like i like i like i believe that the the wife like was mad about things right like more than i believed anything else from anybody else um <laughs> uh but you know one moment i really did did enjoy though somebody pointed this out on the movie details reddit but i laughed when i saw this was when kano first fights uh Liu kang and he keeps uh, tripping him over and over again. And somebody on the movie detail subreddit was like, in a reference to players in yeah, in scrub quotes, games, yeah, yeah, who, yeah, yeah, who <laughs> use one move over and over again, but you don't know how to block it, right? Like, yeah, yeah, no, it was I like it was, was like the, the the essential scrub quotes moment, right? Kano's being a scrub it was like, yeah, stop using that move. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> betrayal I thought was pretty dumb and stupid yeah because like because there's no there's nothing about cabal they 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 pay lip service to black sun or black is it black sun black dragon the the mercenary company which I think is more important in the Mortal Kombat lore than just as a piece of Kano's backstory like I think it's actually a part of a lot of people's backstory but then cabal shows up and like talks to Kano for five seconds and uh and Kano swaps sides and I was just like I don't know. Yeah. So scrub quotes the move. Scrub quotes the Twitter account did retweet that post, which uh, makes me makes me very happy. 
that's that's good stuff. I feel like it almost like makes me wonder like what is a good. I mean, because because we've talked about video game movies a bunch, and like, I think maybe only Detective Pikachu is like truly good of all of them. Yeah, maybe maybe I would maybe I would put Warcraft up there, but I just like really love Warcraft. Warcraft has some of these same problems, but I think the Warcraft lore is fundamentally good and not stupid. I, I was gonna say like why I give it a pass. <laughs> like Warcraft isn't necessarily a video game movie, right? Like it's like the video game is the medium on how you tell the Warcraft story, right? Like the fighting games, yeah. fighting games have like this thing where like the premise is, is kind of inherently video gamey, right? Like it's like like a fighting tournament is like like. The real version. It's almost always a fighting tournament too. The, the, like, the real version of Tekken a fighting game Street is like Fighter a sports. DOA. Yeah. It's like a sports movie, right? Like it, mm. um, like it, which which can work, but it's like, it's like they're trying to tell a sports movie like, and like a fantasy movie, right? Like which is not quite right. Right. You know what actually would be a good version of this is Soul Calibur. The Soul Calibur story does not include a tournament, yeah. but it, it does include Soul Edge, which is like the 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 MacGuffin that You're people right. that people want because when you ki- when you beat somebody you get it or whatever. Um, and like like Soul Calibur two actually has a very good story which like goes point by point through each of the sort of individual fights just because it is like these characters like happen to bump into each other and they are right. fighting over Soul Edge or information about Soul Edge. I think like you can definitely make that sort of thing work, but with Mortal Kombat where the premise itself is a fucking tournament, it just like seems very weird that they wouldn't go with that as a uh, as like a plot structure. Yeah, you know like. Do like million dollar baby, but like following Luke Kang or something, right? Like yeah, yeah. Um, Creed, I mean Creed or whatever, but yeah. following you know like and and I think you can still do the ensemble thing, which is something that I lo- that I enjoy, right? And why and why I mentioned like Shonen, like the thing that makes Shonen tournament arcs when they when they happen like good. Um, like when I was watching like Yu Gi Oh, one of the things that makes the final tournament in Yu Gi Oh compelling is that like. You can, you then get to watch, you know, Pegasus pull out his cool tricks against Kaiba, and now Yugi has to adapt to those same tricks, right? Like, you you, you watch the fight happen with an ensemble character, like a supporting character in the cast, so, which builds tension towards the big main fight, right? If I watch whoever, you know, Cell kick the shit out of Piccolo... That adds so much more drama for when Goku is then going to go fight Cell. Does that make sense? Yeah. Plus, it's like, it's like very, it's it's like a, it's just the fight, right? Like it's you know, it's it's a clean kind of like face off, right? Like rather yeah. than kind of you know a couple people, you know, like mitigating factors, right? Like that's like you know, um, especially because like a lot of like there's like this kind of like very much just like you know little kid like who would win in a fight Goku versus Superman, right? Like. You need like an even playing field for for that to like work, right? And that's essentially what's happening, right? Like you know, it's 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 uh, it's it's Baku versus uh, I can't remember any of the names of my hero academia characters, but you know, like their tournament arc works that way too, right? Like yeah, yeah, uh, it's just a big open you know square. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, Nick points out there's only been a tournament in half the games, which you know that makes sense, but like it's kind of the inciting incident of the. Of the world, right? Like, I guess you could make a Mortal Kombat movie that's just about, like, outworld fighting 
Earthrealm. Mm-hmm. But like then you'd have to like not have the tournament. Like the tournament's kind of like the like it's like the inciting incident. So you you have to at least do the tournament to get past that, right? Like you know like get into like this this stuff in order for it to to make a modicum of sense. I don't know. Maybe yeah. This is the thing that makes the Soul Calibur movies a little bit interesting because like there is something to fight about that is not tournament related. Yeah. Whereas in most of these other premises for like fighting game premises. Really, the only thing that matters is the tournament, right? Mm. Like, in DOA, you you can read in the backstory of all of these dead or alive characters and what they're fighting for and why they're fighting for what they're fighting for. But at the end of the day, the only thing that matters is the prize money. They're just different, you know, there are a bunch of different people fighting in different ways for prize money, um, which is so which it doesn't feel like Mortal Kombat has. Like what motivates the characters of Mortal Kombat to fight one another besides this otherworldly tournament? I mean they all they all have their individual reasons, but it's also kinda of like this movie does away with that by making the mark a thing, right? Like, you know yeah. you know, I think I don't know if this is true in the games, but I'm but the the first movie, like Johnny Cage is kind of just proving that he's like actually, you know, a fight, like a serious fighter. He's not just like some like you know movie star jock, right? Like he can actually fight, um, uh, or like and you know like as a, like as a marketing stunt. That's actually pretty funny. I didn't know that. <laughs> what, what's up? Sorry. Well, because he's ba- he's based on John Claude Van Damme, right? I don't know if that is, maybe. Um, uh, that was my that's my understanding. Huh. It is John like Fogg. You, you, you are correct. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's just like a little piece of trivia that I felt like. Yeah. Oh, but you know what? This is funny because then Jean Claude Van Damme plays Guile in the Street Fighter movie, and Guile is, <laughs> Guile is very, very American, and Jean Claude Van Damme is like very French, which is very funny. Yeah. <laughs> um,. Yeah, like, cause, cause if the if the thing that is interesting about like, or I'm sorry, if the thing that is motivating John Johnny Cage to join the tournament is that he wants to like prove that he's not just an action movie guy that he can do his own stunts or whatever, I think that's actually pretty compelling, right? Like, yeah. it's a very straightforward, basic reason for him to be involved in the tournament. Um, yeah, I mean, they all have like, which, you know. You know, like, Sonya and Jax, like, are basically, like, what they are. Like, they, they have essentially their motives intact in this movie, mm-hmm. right? And, like, you know, can't, like, you know, they all have the same motivations. They just don't do the tournament, right? Like, we've been over this, but, like, yeah, that's, yeah. that's basically it. It feels like there's just not a ton to talk about. Are we are we just, like, done talking about Mortal Kombat? Because it's just, like, <laughs> there's not enough here. I do want to point out that he, I think his name is Hiroyuki Sonata, the guy who plays Scorpion. I love this guy. He's a he's a fantastic actor, and I want him in so many more things. Uh. Oh, so I, I, what I wanted to say, something I want to say is, I thought I think that Christopher Lambert was a better Raiden than this guy. At least it's like a character. <laughs> wow. Uh, I know this guy because he plays Japanese. Uh, he plays Japanese generals in a bunch of World War II movies. And there was a while, there was a, not too long ago, I watched a couple of different World War II movies 
where like the Japanese Navy played a major part and he was always in them. And I was like, who the fuck is this guy? And then I looked him up and I was like, oh my God, I just watched him in like three separate films. It might, it might not be, it might not be World War II movies. I think he's the, he's the Japanese admiral in the Battleship movie, which I watched and was insanely done. Also a video game movie, I guess, to talk about. Um, Battleship is a board game, right? Like, oh yeah, I guess that's fair. It's a board game. We we need to review the Dungeons and Dragons movie. That movie is that movie is kind of a trip and also maybe so bad it's good just because boy what the fuck um and then there's uh and then there's midway is the big one uh which i think is is roland emmerich's world war ii movie about the battle of midway in the pacific uh which is actually uh, to be honest a, a very good movie uh and not not ironic given that he is the independence day guy who was famous for his bad movies like the one where he talks about how Shakespeare isn't mm. Shakespeare. Apparently he was also in uh, Thor Ragnarok as Hogan, whoever that is. Oh, oh, yeah, oh he's, he's the, the Asian. Warriors 3. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, do I recognize anybody else, anything else in here? Uh, not a lot. Uh, weird. Um, no, hey, he's in 47 Rona. He's Lord Kira. Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah. Uh, I don't know. Like, so obviously, you know, Christopher Lambert's the wrong, the, the, the wrong ethnicity. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he like, I like, he was at least like, he had like, I don't know. I think part of it is just, like, Raiden doesn't do a lot in this movie, right? Like, he doesn't fight yeah. anything. He just kind of, like, does, like, lightning poses. And, like, it doesn't deliver his lines super convincingly to me, at least. Um, yeah. Um, not that he was particularly... Like, he was, he was, you know, it was funny in the first movie, right? Like, or that, that it's Christopher Lambert. And, and then, like, in Annihilation, it's a different actor. Also, like, a white dude with white hair. Um, but you know, it's, you know, that, that's like, like kind of like an inherent absurdity to it. But like, do you have like a favorite, like, like who's your favorite Mortal Kombat character? Do you ever play Mortal Kombat games? Do you have a favorite character? So I was actually talking to, to a couple friends of the cast about this, but like, I'm not big into it just because like none of the, like none of the, the, there's no like strong kind of like iconic grappler. Um, at least that plays the way that I expect grapplers to play. Um, like, I liked Aaron Black, which is, like, a new character for, like, I think it was MK11 or MKX, um, who's, like, a cowboy that, like, shoots coins. Um, but I just kind of like the aesthetic. Um, this is kind of the thing where it's, like, you generally, like, you have to fall in love with the character's aesthetic and then hope that the, the gameplay, like, uh, melts with you, which kind of, like, historically when, like, the character I like doesn't have, like, mechanics I like, like I just kind of fall off of it, which is what happened with Aaron Black. Um... Uh, but, uh, like, but, like, uh, uh, I, like, I guess I kind of, I kind of like Kano, but, like, that's just purely based on me loving him in the first movie, right? Like, he wasn't as good as he is in this movie, but he's still kind of, like, cheesy in a way that I like. But I, I never found his mechanics compelling. I, I just don't play a lot of Mortal Kombat. Um, also because I find, like, the input's not super great like that like historically I just Mor- felt like mortal kombat was was a lot less competitive than a lot of the other fighting games like you have less of this you know it's the same thing i mean the, it's the same studio that does like the the injustice games like i love those games and i think that they're a lot of fun um and fun to play but um the 
the it just doesn't feel as competitive as something like Street Fighter or like Smash, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, or it, even you know Tekken or Soul Calibur kind of thing. It, it can be, but it's it's historically been kind of like it's it's first of all it's Western game, right? Like it's Nether Realms, yeah. a Western studio. It's also been consistently defined by being. Um, you know, not Street Fighter, right? It has a block button purely because um, Street Fighter is hold back to block. Um, Wait, really? Yeah. Uh, like, that was, like, that's kind of, like, the only reason why it's it's, it's that way. Um, and this has been, like, admitted at some point, right? Like, that, like you know, it's a way to differentiate us from the other. It's also gorier, right? Um, okay. Uh, and so, like... Like because also because it's Western, it doesn't get as much of an of, of an international following, and that's kind of like what drives a lot of this. Um, it's definitely a serious game at like higher levels of play, but like it's also kind of like you know like the things that make Mortal Kombat Mortal Kombat are like the silly things like the fatalities, right? Fatalities are like anti like they're not anti competitive in the same way that like they make it they don't make it like bad at compet- being competitive like items in Smash do, but um like when you're running a tournament, you don't want to spend 15 seconds waiting for someone to, like, you know, do, do a cool button input and, like, play a stupid animation, right? You just want to move to the next round. Um, yeah. You know, by the time a fatality is activated, you know somebody won, right? Like, yeah. the match is over, and now we have to spend 20 seconds on a cutscene, basically. And I do think that that's, like, in, in the, in the you know, in the 90s where I'm going over to my friend Billy Hughes' house. Or in the arcade. playing, you know, Mortal Kombat on his N64 or whatever, right? Like... That's fun. It is fun to, like, watch your fatality and kind of, like, revel in your victory. But I definitely agree with you. You know, like, the, the sitting on the victory screen for that long, which is essentially what a fatality is, is not fun or interesting. Yeah, I mean, or in the arcade, right? Like, you know, show, because also, like, this, this comes about when, like, these things are kind of, like, not widely known. Like, the internet's not as much of a thing. Like, you can't, like, not everybody knows every fatality by heart, right? Like... Um, it's kind of an impressive thing to do to, to you know, it's like the thing that the teens, like, you know, oh, you know, Billy's so cool, he knows the fatalities type of deal. Um, also, like, you're, pay, you're paying for games in the arcade, so things work, like, it's, it's a different environment. But yeah. Yeah. Um, although Mortal, Mortal Kombat has been an Evo historically. Um, I'm wondering if that'll, so, I don't know if you heard about, uh, we can transition, I guess, a little bit into some weird stuff, but like. Sure. Um, Evo got bought recently. Yeah, by right? Sony. Isn't that, isn't that the thing? By whoa. Yeah, that, that's the thing, right? Like, it's like, well, okay. what does this mean? Like, you know, they say on their website, you know, first of all, it's going to be online again this year, which I I don't blame them. Um, there was also like, I don't know if you remember, but there was some controversy. I, it was the last year, or the year before, where like, one of the founders was like, would like, pay kids to go like, dive into a pool in their underwear or something, and it was just like ah ah. What? That's not great. That's yeah. not good. Uh, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and so you know, and then so and so, it's an online tournament, and they say on their site that it's going to be for all consoles, right? It's not going to be like a Sony exclusive thing, but um, it'll be interesting to 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 talk to somebody. Like th- this is like an internal FGC thing. Um, I might be interested to see if we could like maybe talk to friend of the cast Barry about something like this because I know he he's he's interested in these kind of mechanics. But like yeah. the FGC historically has been all open like the big tournaments have all been open and you know you play through them and so like doing esports coverage of them is historically kind of tough because any given match isn't interesting right it's like two you know normies um and so like they will like you'll pull like famous players onto onto a stage or like you'll do randoms on the stage and you'll do it that way but that's not always compelling content um so like 
the Capcom sponsored tournaments are, um, or like the ones that Capcom runs directly are invitationals typically. Um, uh, and I think the way they're doing Evo online this year is, is like the pre rounds are, um, uh, are like they're open, but like, like historically at, at Evo, the finals are the interesting thing, right? Like, um, uh, I went to Evo one year, and the way they did it that year, and I think the way they they've been doing it for a while, is in the you, you play the opening rounds of the convention center, and then the finals are all on the stage in Mandalay Bay, um, where you at right. least have some some competition. And you know, I think it's I think it's a very cool setup, right? Because like every once in a while, somebody some some rando makes his way into the top eight, and it's like and that's impressive. And I think that's part of the magic. Um, although I think the other the other perspective is like you know, well that guy usually ends up like finishing in the bottom of the top eight, and was it really worth you know, putting them there, but I, you know, that's, it's kind of like a, an attitudinal thing. There's also some like weird history there. Like, um, if I remember correctly, one year, like the first, like one year Evo decided to let like, um, major league gaming in and they like pushed fighting games off to the side and like ran a bunch of FPS stuff. Everybody hated it. And so Evo's always been independent. It's refused, like it refused esports vacation for a very long time. Um, um, and as a result, doesn't like pull in as much money, right? Like, you know, FGC is like kind of like naturally positioned to be like a at least profitable venture, right? Because like um, you know it, it, you've got like individual stories, a lot of individual skill, right? Like and there's like personalities around it, right? Like Daigo, um, but it just kind of never historically captured kind of that esports attention, esports money. Um, uh, there's been like talks about like the behavior of the community for years, right? Like um, one of the, I remember when Capcom like was first getting like interested in like trying to make like esports like like FGC esports a real thing, it was like we might have to modify how Evo runs. Like there were stories that like people would like do money you know what a money match is? It's exactly what it sounds like, right? Like it's like people like betting personally on matches between each other. But, like you would apparently have people like throwing down money on like foot races in the convention center, like just two people like running down the hall, like um uh what was what was the euphemism they used? Um there was a euphemism that they that they uh, that they used that I that I that I can't thugger, uh, maybe it was thuggery, I don't know. Um, there there was some like it, 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 it's been a whole mess. So that that's all that's all I don't know. Super interesting to me. Um, yeah, I mean I I it's that is interesting, and I wonder if we will see because I definitely know that there are esport organizations that like uh, sponsor certain fighters, right? Like. Yeah. Um, like TSM or CLG will have like somebody on their roster. Cloud Cloud Nine um, sponsors Mango, the professional Smash player. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, or like Leffen, I think is also a a professional Smash player who's sponsored by TSM. You know, like yeah. those kinds of you know, like those kinds of interactions. So I don't, I, I I sort of wonder what the you know like the real market for the FGC is like moving forward because I do think one of the things that I find interesting about sort of the death of Starcraft two over the course of its esports lifetime is that that game sort of became so competitive that it was not interesting anymore. Right. Where like the, the efforts that the developers added to make the distinction between good players and bad players clear, um, became so advanced that you just couldn't be a spectator really yeah. uh, in in the game anymore and uh, and so I do think that there is the possibility for games like that to die genres like that honestly to sort of die out as an eSport as like they kind of optimize themselves into 
sort of like irrelevance. For, for, WoW, for instance, is, a, is another good example of this. The the competitive WoW esport right now is probably the world first race or the MDI. It is much less like the arena world champions, for instance, because like, you know, WoW PvP is fun and people play it a lot and everything like that. But like, it, the 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 real competitive eye is now on this other facet of the game for instance and so like i think that there is sort of like a like a like a danger as things evolve as like esports as a community evolve um and as like the fgc sort of like phases people in and out maybe that uh you know kind of like evo loses its steam and you know you need to and you need to react to some of these things um but who knows I see guess. see this is interesting because um i like I think I kind of agree with you. I think one advantage that fighting games have is that they're kind of inherently legible, right? Like, even if you don't know exactly what's happening, you can see two people beating each other up. And you might not understand yeah. exactly why, like, you know, certain hits land in the same way that, like, you know, in an MMA fight, right? Like, you know, you don't need to understand the technicality to, under to enjoy watching two people beat each other up. Um, something that people are worried about is that newer games do a lot to, like, make the game more accessible to a wider crowd, um, which is, I think, an attempt to counter this. But the fear is that if things are too legible and too well understood, then there's not enough way for a good player to necessarily like distinguish themselves, but like just distinguish themselves from another high level player. Like two high level players being able to like build their own personality, like their their own personal style around, um, you know, uh, differentiations of skill or like little weird things around the frame data, right? Like like um, things that they're good at that maybe other players aren't that, that give them competitive advantage. If you make things not necessarily legible is not necessarily the, the best, like the, the right way to put it, but like too mechanically simple, then you, you, then it's, it's more of a strategy game than it is a, f a fighting game, if that makes sense. And yeah, the kind of like nature of fighting games makes that let like it, it there's like, Watching strategy games is like a niche, a much more niche thing, right? And like, you can't do it in the same way, if that makes sense. Um, I didn't hold this like like the the part of the appeal of, of a fighting game is kind of like the skill component, right? Like the the, the description that I think is what's salient is it's like speed chess with a with a execution requirement. Um, uh, and if you make that execution requirement too low then you don't then you're missing out on a significant part of what makes fighting games compelling i think for, from from like a a watcher standpoint right like you want you don't want uh you want two people entering the ring to have like enough differences that you can talk about their differences right yeah, yeah. i think that's a huge thing that defines uh certain other esports right like hearthstone or, or wow esports you get that by the nature of sort of like um uh, like class specializations or whatever, right? If you're running in the MDI with a boomkin versus running with an unholy death knight or whatever, you I I can make I can make uh, as a caster or something, right? Like I can talk about how like oh like that's this this person is famous for this thing, right? Um, and in fighting games, I think that that comes through through like character choices, right? Like are you good at this this type of character, or do you specialize at fox, or do you specialize at jigglypuff or whoever right um but there's always a danger of the meta and balance when it comes to that sort of thing right where you know if you you don't want to end up in a situation where everything is a mirror match because the only competitive characters all look and play the exact same 
Does it make sense? Yeah, or are the exact same? This was a this was a thing early in Street Fighter V's life cycle. Like I think that this was like the Evo that I went to. Um, mm-hmm. Like I think the top eight was like six Nashes, and like the finals was a Nash was a Nash mirror. Um, wow. Yeah, uh, because because he was so dominant at that point. Um, it's, it's different. Yeah, I think that, that that's the kind of thing that I think is dangerous, and it, and it sucks. And, like, you know, people always want to protect against that. They, like, talk about how, you know, like, metas evolve over time, right? Like, the melee meta. Melee has obviously never been patched, but, like, the meta has remained the exact same years on end. Um, or, I'm, I'm sorry, the, the meta has not stayed the exact same thing years on end. It does, like, change and shift. And that is, that is true. Like, that is, I think, like, the hallmark of a good game. Even now, right? Like, the, the, the Hearthstone team came out with a classic version of the game, which is, like, Hearthstone from 2014. Like, when it came out of beta, it is that version of the game, snapshotted. Um, and one of the funny things that people are finding is that there's a shaman deck in there that is insanely oppressive and good and nobody ever played it in 2014 no one touched this deck or played this deck or got close to this deck and now people in 2021 are refining this deck and making it really good um (laughs) and like kind of crowding out the competition which like i think that stuff signals you know like what is um what is a good meta what is a bad meta if that makes sense, because like when you're making those kinds of decisions, that is, uh, that's reflective of a, of a certain kind of balance, right? Um, but you know, th- not all games behave that way, and sometimes you just have games that have a- an incredibly dominant thing that does incredibly dominant things for its life cycle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh. It's interesting how those things work out too, because like, um, like you said, like melee's managed to like work itself through. But there's like a lot, of, like there's a lot of things to like discover there, right? Like there's like weird ways that things interact that you can theoretically discover that aren't like, but like everything in Hearthstone is set, right? Like you can't, you can't like you can discover a new deck combination, but like you can't like get more frames on the deck, right? Like it's not like you can abuse, like you can feel something new it's just kind of like theoretically you can you can run through all the combinatorics in uh in hearthstone to figure out like what the best deck is if that makes sense um yeah like if you give a if you give i don't know a, a million computers a million years they will eventually find the mathematically correct deck right yeah because they could just run the like run the numbers infinitely like i think i, I mean i think hearthstone has a good ability to do this compared to certain uh certain other games because of the the like like um the the interaction of like discover or whatever but any card game is going to be confined by by this compared to something like a fighting game where essentially like let's say there are you know your fighting game is running at 60 frames per second that means that there are sort of in a certain sense 60 individual decision points where uh, something can change and happen differently a card game just will never have that yeah. number of decision points, even with a card game that has access to, you know, thousands of cards through a Discover tool that or, like, random card generation, all that other stuff that we've talked about before. That just won't change the... De- the it just won't change the raw numbers of the decision matrix um, because, at the end of the day, most of your card game turns are play this, play that, play this, play that, right? You only have a couple, a handful of options open to you at any time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
What, so what, what else have you been up to this week? Man, what have I been up to this week? I have been playing... I have been trying my best to get into the new Solaris update, but I just, like, can't bring myself to do it. Uh, which is weird, and, and, it, and it sucks, because I haven't played either Necroids or Nemesis. And normally I come back to Solaris for, like, the big uh, expansion updates, but they have changed the way that the game behaves behaves in like a pretty fundamental way and i haven't really wrapped my head around it have you t- have you hit on stellaris at all recently i haven't played it myself but um friend of the cast x has talked about it a bit um like they made the population s curve now so it doesn't explode at the end and yeah. that helps with that which helps i do think the, is uh, good because yeah in the late game of stellaris what happens is you get these planets that are just like producing pops like crazy and they max themselves out and then you start funneling those pops to colonies, right? And then you're you're kind of like 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 saturating your empire with these with these pops or whatever. Um, but I just think that that is not good design, generally speaking. Also, um, it uh, slows down the game, which is what. And is... It, yeah, it slows down the game. It makes the game like really chug. Like not only does it slow you down because now you're making individual decisions. Like I guess you could something you can do is just turn off pop growth, right? Every planet has a modifier for this. You don't pay any penalty besides the opportunity cost of not having an extra, you know, like, worker or whatever. But I never want to do that because you are hamstringing yourself, right? Like, an extra worker is huge. Being able to funnel that to a colony so that my colony immediately gets up and running is huge. Um, But then what happens is in, in the late game, you're just sitting there just, like, shuffling pops around constantly and that's all you're doing you're not you're not like the thing that makes solaris i think a good game is the systems management where you are you know managing the the rates of acquisition of all these different you know inputs and outputs i think that that's like super fun and compelling gameplay kind of the bedrock of what makes solaris good but um you know it when, when it just gets into that sort of micromanaging population territory that then it then it is less fun in the chat says uh nick says if i recall correctly the chug was how it handled unfulfilled jobs where it checks each available pop whether it would be better in that job so if you had perfect employment it wouldn't chug but it does this for both player and ai yeah this makes a lot of sense to me especially because i know that the ai in that game sometimes has a hard time filling you know players optimize their 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 systems and their empires pretty routinely uh, but the AI in that game does not do as good a job and will sometimes have planets with tons of, uh, you know, unpopulated, uh, or un- unemployed pops, rather. Yeah. Um, yeah, um, on my side, I, uh, I jumped back into, um, or I jumped into Warzone, Warzone released an update. Um, oh, yeah, it, tell me all about yeah. it. Yeah, uh, so uh, they blew up, uh, uh, they blew up for Dansk, uh, with a nuke. Um, and then like, they had like a, a night where like, you know, it was like, Oh, we're going to release a new map tomorrow. It's a mystery. And they, they had you, um, there's like a small map that you sometimes, it's like an Island off the coast. It's like much smaller. And, uh, they actually had this cool, what I, what I thought was a pretty neat, uh, mechanic, which is called rebirth, which is instead of the, the, the traditional way that like the, the war zone works, which is, you know, you get one chance in the gulag and then you can can be bought back is if your teammates survive for long enough um you will automatically respawn for most of the match um and it's like 30 to 40 seconds and if you kill people the, the time goes down so it, like it's a much more intense and faster running thing and i think it's i think thought it was a lot of fun um and then they revealed the map which i thought was a little disappointing um really well so first first of all 
when they were nuking Verdansk, there was like a two-hour event in-game that was apparently really crazy, but it was at like 3 p.m. Eastern. So like no one got to do it, and the server was like crashed <laughs> for like half of it. Um, but uh, so like they play the cutscene, and they literally it's, – it's literally a flashback. They just rewind time, and it's like a flashback to the 80s. Um, which makes sense because of Black Ops, right? That's the current that's the current game. So it's okay. Verdansk, but in the eighties. Um, and there's some neat stuff that happens there, right? Do they change like the weapons and stuff? Is it like eighties versions of all the? Guns? Well, it's the Black Ops weapons on the map. Um, oh, oh, that would make sense. Yeah. Okay. Um, and there's some neat stuff, right? Like the airports crumbled in the modern in the modern map, and it's you know together in the uh, in the past map. But like, I don't know. It, it felt a little disappointing to me because it's just kind of like, oh, it's mostly the same map, which you know. But a little different, um, but yeah, it's you know it's it's always it's always a fun thing to jump back into. I also ended up playing a bunch of the multiplayer, um, just because uh, I had you know I was playing Warzone. I was like, oh, I could play some multiplayer. Um, I'm not sure how. So the way that you like uh, post like your for your level through like all the like the new weapons, uh, you get by like doing things in game, right? Like um, some a couple of them are like get to a certain level on the pass, and I think they change it to a different method of acquisition. Uh, or you can, um, or like uh, some of them are like, you know, get three kills with a submachine gun in 15 different games. Three kills without dying um, in 15 different games. It's usually like in 15 different games. Um, and so it's like, that's like a, a fun thing to like work through, right? Like, um, but like you can also get them by buying a blueprint uh, with money, right? So that feels a little, a little not great, but um you know. Yeah, that sounds like pay to win, I guess. Well, I mean, in in a roundabout way. Yeah, it's also not cut, not really win because like it's not like these weapons are better, although it gets close. Like, apparently, the very meta weapon right now is one of these guns, and it's an assault rifle. And the way you unlock it is you get two headshots with assault rifles, two headshot kills with assault rifles in fifteen different games, um, uh, and you don't have to do it in one life, but like. I f at least I find like getting headshots with the shot rifles isn't the easiest thing in the world. Um, it's not it's not terrible, but it's like you know very tempting to like you know hit that button, especially if you want to like be competitive, right? So um, I also find that yeah, that's an interesting thing that uh, I remember one of the things that Ben Brode used to talk about with Hearthstone because they they it was there was this question of like can we add achievements to Hearthstone, and something that Ben Brode said at the time was. Um, he thinks that achievements in PvP games like that are actually not good. They are frustrating because it forces you to opt into a lot of the times like inferior play styles. So like you know in in Hearthstone terms, this is I am trying to you know get the you know win the game with all four shaman totems out or something like that. And I'm playing shaman, which maybe isn't a meta class. And I'm like trying to do this thing, but like my opponent is playing the tier one, super good, awesome deck. And that's just a really unfun experience. There's also the league version of this that people ask if league could have achievements. And I'm pretty sure this was at the time Morello, who was the, the game director on league said that um, they don't want to do that because you don't want to be in the game with someone who needs to hit, 20 bandage tosses on a muumu and you know like is well, his only thing his only concern his concern is not winning and losing it's hitting his bandage tosses right um which is a which is a question and funnily enough both of those games have actually gone back on that and now have achievement systems in hearthstone you have the whatever those trees are called the elder trees or something like that 
Um, they got added after you and I stopped playing, but it's a thing where it's like, it, tr it tracks your cool in-game statistics or whatever. And, um, or in, and then in Hearthstone, they have achievements that, uh, that are there. They're just fucking achievements. I don't know. I guess they got over that. that thought process. No, I, I, so I, I think I, so in Hearthstone, I think I, I agree with it would be frustrating, but you know, at least you're not penalizing anybody else. You're doing it to yourself. Yeah. Right. And this is the thing about like. Um, Call of Duty as well, right? I don't think it's much of a, a problem in Call of Duty because any individual game of Call of Duty is throwaway. Like, who cares, right? Like, yeah. and I do find it frustrating sometimes, right? Like, you know, like, um, like there's a one, like, to unlock one of the sniper rifles, you need to get two long shots uh, with sniper rifles in uh, in a match. And the difficulty there is that a lot of the matches or a lot of the maps are don't have enough like long sight lines to get a long shot on a sniper rifle, right? Because they're naturally long weapons, so they need to be really long in order to get a, a long shot medal. Um, and yeah, that's I find that frustrating. But like from another player perspective, who cares, right? Like also, yeah. very cynically, that's trying to drive people to buy the things, right? Like instead of, um, uh, yeah, I also feel like you know, two headshots with a, with an assault rifle is not not all that bad. It's not you know, yeah, it's it, it, it's not the worst. Like the like that's like contracts right or like quests in in hearthstone right like just small you know you you can you can design those to be pretty painless right like you're gonna do the thing anyway so maybe you alter your play style a tiny bit well, i'm gonna take an assault rifle this time instead of taking my typical smg shotgun or whatever it is but like uh you know at the end of the day you're still trying to get headshots you know it's not yeah. like you're yeah you're you're not trying to get headshots with an assault rifle yeah so the, the most so i will tell you that the like that's actually the most frustrating one is getting two long shot medals with a sniper rifle just because there's not always a ton of opportunity to do that, right? Like, um, like the to unlock the crossbow, it's get um, three one shot, one kills with a weapon with no attachments on it in 15 different matches. And that was like pretty easy, right? Because like the, the sniper rifles all come with a, a scope on them by like, you know, like with, with you know, without an attachment on them. So like it just like get three kill like get three kills with the sniper rifle right which is easy like most of the sniper rifles have like at least like chest or head one shot one kills um, so that was yeah. easy and then the ballistic knife was like was a little tougher was get a long get a one shot one kill and a melee kill in the same life which was a little bit like and doing anything anything that requires you to do it in one life is more aggravating right like yeah um because you have to be good right <laughs> so like. Um, oh, you yeah, know, not the end of the world. Like, I don't think any of them are that bad. It's just, it's very grindy, right? Like, 15 matches, a lot of matches. Um, and, like, but, and, like, playing, like, playing for a while and not making progress is also kind of frustrating. But, you know, it's, it's fine. I don't think it's terrible. It's, like, annoying enough that you might spend money on it, but not so annoying that it's, like, oppressive. Um, but, yeah, um... What else did I do? I, I checked out uh, Olea, which is like an independent game published by Devolver Digital. Uh, it's like a Metroidvania. It's a little fun. It's, it's pretty fun. Um, I haven't dug too deeply into it, but um, it's spelled uh, O-L-I-J-A for anybody at home who, who wishes to find it. It's very stylish. Um, uh, huh. Uh, Look at this. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a neat game. Um, uh, I'd recommend it so far. It's like, it's very Metroidvania-y, and I love that kind of game. Uh, so... Some yeah, I played a, I, I I played a bunch of indie games actually over the over the last couple of weeks. I was actually a jury member on a for an indie game convention, 
So I, I like they sent me a bunch of games and they were like, hey, play these and pick your favorite for whatever the category is, just like to to decide what the what the thing is. Um, so I actually ended up playing like a bunch of small games. Like um, one of them is called Rain on Your Parade, which is sort of a uh, a version of uh, like the Untitled Goose Game, but where you're a little rain cloud and you can like rain on things like on people or on you know um uh just stuff uh and like so i play a bunch of it's like rain in your parade the signifier speed limit uh interrogation you will be deceived not for broadcast isn't it? have you seen not for broadcast no that, that one is like marginally well known i have seen people talk about that one that one is you are a uh you're like the 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 live video engineer of like a um of like an 80s newsroom so you're like putting vhs's into things and you're cutting camera one yeah, yeah. camera two or whatever um but it's all like in this sort of like farcical black comedy one of the big ones that i played was called world splitter which is my my award was for innovation and um and my pick for the most innovative game was world splitter which was a platformer where there were sort of two phases of reality right and on one phase you would have certain things and on another phase you had other other things right like maybe a maybe there's a there's like a a thing standing straight up but it's knocked over in the other reality and you control the two realities with your cursor there's like a line and you can pass the line over your character to swap yourself from reality a to reality b um and then there's also like other little kids like you can rotate the line or whatever uh, but it was just like an insanely clever little like puzzle game almost. It wasn't even really a platformer. It was mostly I would say a puzzle game because all of the you know like getting the like, getting through was just about how do you phase yourself into the correct zone and do you do this thing or that thing right like you know one of the tricks that took me almost uh, you know that took me a couple of minutes to like figure out is that like if there is wall in the other zone. You can angle the line such that it's like a ramp and walk your guy up on the ramp or whatever. And it's just like small stuff like that. It was just so clever. And I was just like, this is, this is, this is what I love. This is what I, what I want to see. Very cool. Is, is So I remember seeing you tweet um, a couple of weeks ago. It's like, this is the first time I've stayed up all night playing a game. Is, is that one of those games? Or? That was not for that game. That was for another game called Cardboard Kings. <sighs> man i love that game <laughs> is, is that is that a, is that a game that you guys publish or is it a? uh that is the game do, do you know desert child in our, in yeah, our yeah. library yeah yeah kickstarter desert it child is, yeah yeah desert child is by a guy named oscar Britton. his next game is called cardboard kings which is like uh like a shop simulator sort of like uh like recipe or something okay. like that but where you manage a card shop for a game called like warlock which is just, like magic the gathering Yu Gi Oh, one of those yeah. so you like put cards up like singles of cards those cards fluctuate in value obviously um yeah that that game uh because we know oscar i was playing uh i was playing a, a demo of it there's actually a demo up on steam that like you could go play right now and um and i i had to play it because i was going to talk to somebody about that at work and i was like okay well i'm going to play this tomorrow morning but I know there's like a tutorial, like there's like a 15 minute tutorial. Cause I played the demo a long time ago. And I was like, I'll just play through the tutorial tonight. Um, and this was like at two o'clock in the morning. I was just like, I'll quickly play through the tutorial 
and then uh, and set myself up so that tomorrow when I jump into the game, I just like jump right into it. And then I stayed up to like 5 a.m. <laughs> it's so addicting, you know, in those sorts of games to just go like one more, you know, turn or whatever, whatever the case may be. Very cool. Very, very cool. Um, what else? Have you done any what, like WoW stuff? What, we're just progressing on Denathrius. We're 60, 70 ki- pulls into Denathrius at this point. Yeah, no, I'm, yeah. Um, <laughs> are, you, are you frustrated at all that, that we haven't gotten AOTC yet? Um, I wouldn't say so. Like, I don't know. I, I find it, I still find it fun. Like, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. you know, it's um, maybe kind of like the robot, like having to get to, so the, the for those who haven't been following along at home, the part that we got to is in the phase three of the Nathrius, these three orbs come down and you have to soak them or something. And it wasn't exactly clear exactly how we had to do it. It took us a little while to, to figure that out. And I think the most frustrating part is like getting to that point and then failing and then not understanding why we failed. And how, like, you know, having to go through like those seven minutes of fight to that part to then try and figure yeah. out what we're doing wrong. Um, yeah. Yeah, I have to say, Denathrius might be the hardest AOTC fight I have done, maybe ever. Maybe Gul'dan was also this hard. Gul'dan was a very hard AOTC fight, um, which I don't think I enjoy, to be honest. I think I Nazoth was a was a tough AOTC fight, but it was very rewarding, um, and I was tanking on that fight, which was a little bit different, obviously, than um, than Denathrius, where I'm like a member of like the DPS, but. Uh, it feels like there are just a lot of places in the Denathrius fight where you just you're dead you're dead yeah That's it. you lose you know which is like I don't know Nazoth was maybe bad if I were to explain like all the mechanics in Nazoth to you you might say that um, that it's like bad or unfun but the the fourth phase the or the third phase in the Nazoth fight was um, kind of defined by RNG. Because what happens is he he shoots out the, he he spawns these eyes right, and what happens is in the final phase every twenty seconds every player drops a pool under their feet right, and every time a player drops the pool, the uh, the the all of the other pools that have originally spawned grow in size, so it it is like slowly filling up like the whole room. And then the other mechanic that he has is he has these eye lasers. Like, he spawns these eyes, and they shoot a laser, and the laser rotates. And the, the direction that it rotates is random. And what, where we got to on AOTC, on Pulse of Nazoth, was we, we start that phase, and we lust. Because the first pool, you just do a tiny little sidestep, no issue. And then, if, and then the eyes spawn, like, 10 or 15 seconds into that lust phase. And if the eyes push you back into the pools that you have been going to you lose because then you have to run out and around these pools and it takes forever and you're wasting your lust and you just you just you lose you can't get them down fast enough right but if the lasers spawn and they go in the in the right direction then you win because you get the full duration of your whole lust onto Nizot's face and then uh and then you have you've pushed enough dps that you can kind of like get through which like that sounds bad when I explain it because it sounds like it's just, oh, the defining factor is like RNG or whatever. It's just whether or not the laser's right or left. Um, but like in the moment, that's like a very tense thing. Um, and it uh, and it's like, it just like felt good to like push through and like, uh, and, and make the DPS check, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, I mean, 
Yeah, that, that just that just makes sense. Um, yeah, the Nazis doesn't feel as bad as Stone Legion Generals did, though. So I'm like, I, don't know, I feel like Stone Legion Generals part of it is like there's a lot of like not doing things. And it's just kind of like yeah. annoying. Where like the intermissions are annoying. The like whereas Nathrys is like it's like I don't like it's like you know my my little uh, my my weak aura that says that my you know my potions back up pops up, like oh shit I've been doing this for five minutes and, you know it, it, you know it doesn't feel like you're doing nothing most of the time so uh, yeah it's good and you also feel the effects of pushing which I think is nice yeah uh, like having to pull DPS off on Denathrius doesn't feel as bad as it does in Stone Legion Generals because in Stone Legion Generals it's not like you know, if I if I'm doing so good that I get I I I have to drop off, we have to pull back our DPS. That's fine. You know, cuz like at least I get the the kind of like, well, we're really we're killing it. We're pumping right now, right? Um but on Stone Legion Generals where it's just like, well, you got to walk away from the boss or else you're going to get this stupid bleed that's going to take forever. Uh, like I just hate that so much. All, all, like for me too, it's like you know you could keep punching the boss; doesn't take damage if you want to keep your numbers up for the you know for the meter. And it's like I don't want to, but it's gonna make me sad when my number drops down. So mm, you know. And yeah, I mean the nice that's the nice part about being ranged because a lot of the times I'm coming on range now. I mean it's funny that I have two characters at two twenty at this point. Um, you know who are who are both kind of like heroic raid capable, but um, yeah. It is, uh, I don't know. It's neat. Though I will say, I played a bunch of the PTR, and, uh, dude, the PTR 9.1 is drams AF, as they say, Ooh. when it comes to the story stuff. And I'm very, I wasn't sure if I was going to have a good time doing this, uh, but I have decided that this was the correct thing to do, because otherwise I just would have read the spoilers on Wowhead and made myself sad not having played through it. Because, um, like, you know, I think the best way to experience the game is to not pay attention to this shit and just like move on but like i'm so you know like I'm, I'm watching wow youtubers and like streamers and stuff like this like and I'm, I'm pretty saturated in an environment that will talk about spoilers and i won't be able to stop myself so be doing it on the ptr where like i can do it before i spoil myself and at least you get you know it's not everything is is quite solid on the ptr like sometimes they change wording or they'll have cutscenes that don't play correctly that kind of stuff um but at least you still kind of get the the story as if you were playing it. Uh, it's just so much nicer than like reading it in you know or like watching a YouTube video where someone goes, "Oh fuck, this this crazy lore thing happened." Um, so you know, yeah. there's that. Neat. No, that sounds that sounds it sounds super neat. Um, I've also played a bunch of Outriders, but we're going to talk about that later. So yeah. I, I, we, yeah. We, won't, we won't have to talk about that. Yeah, right yeah, we're putting off Outriders again. Yeah, sorry about missing last week. This is a personal <laughs> emergency on, on my part. Um, uh, but we will talk about Outriders at some point, um, maybe. I would say, like, Falcon and the Winter Soldier also just ended. We should probably do that at some point. We also probably do Mando Season 2. Mando, Mando <laughs> Season 2, six months old, six-month anniversary. You guys. <laughs> yeah, this is my fault. Um, cause I have not rewatched. Have you have you watched season two? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, yeah, I watched season two. Of yeah, entire- I, haven't, I have not watched Falcon and Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. and I'm kind of loath to to be honest at this point because I've been mildly spoiled for a number of stupid things on on Twitter that make me feel like I'm not going to enjoy it. But we'll see. Yeah, no, I I, I want to. I mostly want to watch it because I want to be up to date for Loki, which is the thing I'm really interested in. Um, 
which probably isn't I don't need to watch it but you know if that's that's the way I am right like um yeah uh, so we'll do Outriders next week I guess uh yeah all right that's the only thing I kind of on my radar in terms of things to be super excited for um yeah uh that's everything I have I guess uh buddy you have anything else you want to talk about before we I do have one mild promotion, which is that there's going to be a Buddy Gets Good episode this Friday. Hey! So tune in, 11, 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. All right. I don't actually remember what I'm supposed to play, but it's on the schedule somewhere, so I'll go check that later. <laughs> <laughs> I think it might be another voice-acted session of the Dark Side Detective, Ooh. because obviously that game just came out. All right, well, if you'd like to email us, tell us what you think about any of the things we talked about today, from Mortal Kombat to WoW stuff... Email us at com or pocketsmersplaygames.com. You can follow us at twitch.tv slash games where these episodes go out live. Um, like, like and review us on podcast places. Uh, subscribe to us on YouTube. All that good stuff. Um, uh, and you already did your promotion. So uh, with that, until next time, dear listeners. Until next time, loyal listeners.